0: Hey, welcome everyone to this episode of IBC Topics. Personally, I'm super excited for today's guest because um, I'm not sure exactly how many of you guys know, but about four years ago, we actually had like a video format of IBC Topics. And uh, uh, sadly, it only lasted about two episodes. Um, But in both episodes, Adam Pauly was our featured speaker. And so now four years after, um, I have the pleasure of welcoming Adam to this new podcast format of IBC Topics. Uh, So Adam, thank you so much for uh, joining us, and um, especially on such short notice, including the crazy uh, technical difficulties that we had earlier today.
1: No problem. Pleasure being here.
0: So to just start things off, we would love to hear your testimony. Um, I think everyone at church knows you as the elder that's been trained in biblical counseling, which um, we will get to in a short bit. But we would love to just hear about how you came to faith, uh, how you even met Dorothy, your wife, and uh the people that have had great impact in your spiritual walk?
1: Yes, so uh, I was probably around twelve or thirteen um, from what I remember when my father died, and mm. that uh, that timing had a pretty profound effect on my life. I was very close to my father, and uh he wasn 't a believer. Uh, My grandmother was, uh, I believe, her his mother, and she's what I call my spiritual mother. But in any event, his death had a profound effect on me and really caused me to kind of consider the things of life even at a young age. Mm -hmm. So it, it had me questing for the things that were right and for true and for solidity and for strength. And I was kind of lost in many ways. And so uh, an upstairs neighbor um, of ours, when I was living in Santa Monica with my mom, uh, invited me to their church. They lived. That actually went to church right across the street from us at a Nazarene church, mm. and so um, and I, I found you know very wor- warm and welcoming community there. And uh, there's a pastor there named Wally who did a lot of work to to kind of. Be kind to me, and to introduce me to truth. And um, I came to the end of myself during that time period when I was really questing for truth and, and rightness. And so um, I, I, uh, I gave my life to Christ right around the time period of uh, ninth grade or tenth grade, right around the high school time frame. And so um, that began my journey of faith and the ups and downs from high school and, and college years, and even. Uh, questing to find a job. I was educated in art, and I tried to find a job in New York for a period of time and then came back out um, to Los Angeles. And my mother, who was working at UCLA at the time, helped me to um, get a job at UCLA. And from there, mm-hmm. I transitioned from, obviously, I wasn't just doing administrative work. said uh, I started doing IT work. And mm-hmm. Um, right around the dot-com boom, where everyone was looking for someone who had some sort of proficiency in NIT. And uh, that's where I met Dorothy. So uh, many years um, uh, just kind of wandering around, not knowing what to do with my adult life. Mm -hmm. Um, The Lord put put me into that situation. And so in 1998, Dorothy and I were married. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's kind of how the story that, that came about. And uh, Dorothy put me in in the intersection of having married her with uh, um, with Nam. And so Nam was actually the one who did our marriage, who performed uh, the oh, marriage. I didn't know that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And so I think from that point forward is when I uh, my enthusiasm and my interest and my thirst for uh, biblical truth, uh, a deep study in the word. And mm-hmm. intellectual curiosity and, and life changingness that comes through exposure, exposing to the word really kind of catapulted to, to new levels in my life that I had never had before.
2: Mm.
1: And uh, um, I, through that kind of synergy, I, I hesitate to use that word, but there, there's an interesting thing that, that I find in Nam and Gary, and that's um, mm-hmm. a, a solid um, intellectual. Uh, adherence to truth mm. and, and, and to the wisdom of the word. But at the same time, there is a, um, a childlike love of life and, uh, humor and fun. <laughs> and, and, uh, it, 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 it was a quality that I had missed in many years growing up in the church mm. where it was always kind of a, a reserved, um, very, uh, um, a um, uh, stilted way of of quote religion and mm. living a holy life and then when i saw it lived out in am and gary's life i just saw that to be the perfect synergy of of living for christ and mm. still um enjoying the things of life and being silly and fun and and having a having an enjoyable time at it too so um that's kind of like uh, the testimony as it as it is then, and mm-hmm. um, many years later, I was encouraged by uh, an, an elder who was at IBC named Andrew Jin to uh, think about biblical counseling, and I looked into it and saw it as a way to not only increase my understanding of the Word but also to be helpful in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was around, I think, maybe the uh, let's see, maybe that was around 2010 or 2009 or something around that time period. Mm-hmm. Uh, And that's when I applied for the, what was at the time Master's College, but the MABC program, the Master Mm of Arts and Biblical Counseling through the Master's College. And uh, I began my studies there Mm -hmm. and then ultimately graduating around 2014. So that's kind of uh, a long-winded story about um, Mm -hmm. how the Lord's been working in my life and and changing the things um, uh, of my life um, towards His glory. So thankful for it.
0: Mm -hmm. So if we could just, um, I guess, focus a little bit on biblical counseling, I know that recently there's been kind of like a really big interest, even within our church, of people wanting to um, understand biblical counseling. I know that um, there's classes that are provided now at our new location. Um, If you could just kind of sum up what is biblical counseling, I mean, how would you describe it in your words?
1: So biblical counseling has as its kind of core foundation using God's word as an authoritative, powerful way of helping people grow in their faith, mm-hmm. um, just in its simplest way. So uh, whether someone's going through difficult times or challenges in their own faith mm-hmm. or uh, suffering or whatever it might be is is Counseling someone with God's word to help them grow in their faith. I think that's the simplest um, and, and easiest, in my own words, definitions. There's there's plenty of other ways to define mm-hmm. biblical. I mean, you can consider, here, I'm, I have one happen to be right in front of me. I'll read it to you just okay. so you can see an uh, official definition. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Bibl- biblical counseling is the process where the Bible, God's word, is related individually to a person or persons who are struggling under the weight of personal sin and or the difficulties with suffering so that he or she might genuinely change in the inner person to be pleasing to God. Mm. I think that's an excellent definition. So it's helping yeah, people yeah. who need, need help to change, but doing it not with my words, but with God's words and God's authority. So that's uh, that's in a nutshell. How I would define it, or how that's defined and and it's in reality it's how people it's how pastors have helped uh, people for hundreds of years before modern psychotherapy or therapy mm-hmm. or um, therapeutic sessions or new age or self help and it, the pastor was central in that role in helping people to live life the way God wanted them to
0: mm. is there kind of like a common theme or issue that people come to seek biblical counseling for? And also, is there kind of like a threshold for how serious your sin needs to be for you to seek? Because I mean, I I could imagine that the average person, when they hear that someone's getting biblical counseling, they're like, whoa, must be something serious. So I mean, at at what point should someone consider getting help? Sure. The um,
1: most biblical counseling happens to help um married couples oh, as right? you can imagine mm-hmm. uh-huh. two sinners two sinner, two sinners coming together you trying to form a life and there's always going to be conflict so mm-hmm. most of all biblical counseling is helping married couples so along those lines there you you have issues the the a panoply of issues whether they be um you know communication anger um, resentment um uh, and communication issues that always spring not just from how to learn better but how are they walking in their own faith mm-hmm. that's what i always emphasize how are you walking in your own faith and then how does that then relate to your wife or husband and uh but for someone to come to that level usually mm-hmm. uh, to to seek counseling it's kind of like i like to compare it to church discipline mm-hmm. All right, so. In the normal course of church life, church discipline should be going on all the time.
2: That
1: mm-hmm. sounds kind of weird. It sounds very dangerous and sounds very heavy. But you know, if you imagine just someone confronting over another person over what they've done, or asking a question, or saying, "Hey, I don't like what you said," or mm-hmm. "What you said really hurt you hurt me," or even someone confessing something, and there being some minor disagreement, that's That's church discipline, the one to another kind of idea of talking about truth and and asking for forgiveness. And I think the same thing happens in in a manner of way. Um, Counseling on the micro level or in Mm -hmm. small levels happens all the time, and we don't realize it. Mm -hmm. And We're all counselors in in a way. We're all uh, giving people our input, and the words that we speak have impact, and that's why... It's important that we flavor our words with what God says, so that we're not just, you know, speaking life experience and mm. and hoping that they hear what we have to say because we've lived it and we know it's true, or like, um, uh, you know, our word has great impact, um, as opposed to what you know what actually God's word says. So, um, in a more targeted answer to that one should seek, uh, greater counseling when you've come to an impasse, Mm. um, and maybe you're unwilling, you're unable to get out of the rut that you're in. Um, so, uh, the illustration I like to give is, um, if you picture a river Mm -hmm. and, uh, a river has many elements to it, there are rocks and there are uh the river gets narrower so the the water rushes faster runs slow but in and practically every river not practically in every river when you get to the sides that's typically where the water slows down Mm -hmm. and so if you imagine the river is just our life and how we're living our life and how we're proceeding. So if you get to the edges, you begin to slow down Mm -hmm. and your, and your walk in faith slows down. And then what happens is if you get caught in a particular area of the river on the side, it forms an eddy. Do You know what an eddy is? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So an eddy is like a back channel of water. It goes backwards Mm -hmm. and it might go into a circle. And so you get, in this rut where you're just going back and forth and around and back and forth and right. And you're not able to go back out into the center of the river Mm -hmm. and continue on. And so uh, that's what I would consider someone who's in a similar situation. If I'm to use that as a metaphor, Mm -hmm. Uh, if that's what their life is like, is they're caught in this rut, whether that be a sin or if it's just a a, a thinking kind of issue and you want to go for more, you know, more heavy duty counseling to kind of help you understand or get through that. That's when someone should seek that. So Mm -hmm. if someone's had a life lifelong problem with, with anger and they really, they, they can't get out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, or what even a married couple, they've had some serious arguments and it just, they just, they're, they need a third party to be in the midst of them to 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 go forward. Mm -hmm. Um, or you know, even like a a teenager or um, a young person who is unable to decide um, their future or what they're doing, and, and it's causing a great deal of anxiety, or or they're fretting over the decision, and it, it's impacting their life. So, you know, then you ask the question: Well, how serious does it have to be before I ask for you know counseling? And, and I think that there's no solid answer on that. Mm-hmm. Much like a much like a lot of life, there's gray areas, and so that's where you would have to rely upon the people who surround you. Like maybe mm. they just can't help you fully because you're not able to. Um, they're they're not listening to you, or you're not getting the the full impact. And then that might be something that's advisable. If nothing else, they, it doesn't. It never hurts to just go and ask and say, "Hey, uh, do you think I need counseling for this?" or mm. Perhaps it's perhaps they just need discipleship. Mm-hmm. Perhaps they need uh, just like maybe a one-on-one for one, one a one-time meeting.
0: I see. Mm-hmm.
1: They don't they don't need to meet for six weeks um, and, and have homework and to to tackle a problem. Mm-hmm. So um, if you have a fluid uh, discipling small group dynamic happening in the church, mm-hmm. um, then counseling is very much help. Because there may not be as much of it, but then there are, there are other outlets for people to, um, work through the issues of life and to ask for help and for prayer Mm -hmm. and to repent and to, to have sin exposed. Um, and without that, then, uh, counseling becomes, um, at least in my view, you're dealing with really difficult problems Mm -hmm. and, um, so I'd almost rather people come and ask for counseling than not. Mm. But uh, at least in my experience, it, it doesn't. It seems to be the opposite. People are, are more inhibited to ask for that help.
0: Mm. Yeah. You know, it, it kind of reminds me of this one time in Flock when one of the ladies, they shared how, you know, it's sad how we're so concerned sometimes about how, people view us and we're so concerned about showing a good face, like, oh, you know, I'm doing really well, um, instead of showing our sinfulness and confessing it to each other so that people can see how good God is in working and dealing and forgiving uh, sinful people. And yeah, it's one of those things that have always just kind of uh, stuck with me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think uh, I think uh, at least the way I would think that perhaps people in our church might uh and this is not all this is not just our church this is the other churches as well but it's a combination of, of factors which I think cause people to not seek help and number uh number one I think is that you know I don't want to bother them. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, um, I, it, I don't want to bother them or it's not that big of a deal, you know, it's kind of a, yeah, a, yeah. A, a, min, a minimizing of the issue. It's like, it's okay. Or it's, I don't want to bother them. or I, I feel badly if I go ask for help because mm-hmm. I know how busy, I know how busy they are. I know how busy Nam is and I don't want to, you know, ask for help and trouble them with this silly little issue. Mm. And so, um, you know, of course then that leads to bigger issues and then it becomes, you know a, a very large issue suddenly and then that's when that takes the most time mm-hmm. to help um and then i think the other issue is is if we don't have a culture where there is an inclination to 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 show brokenness that we are not perfect and that we're broken mm-hmm. um then no one wants to be the person to reveal their brokenness. Right? Yeah, yeah. There there might might be a uh, who wants to be the one that oh they're in marriage counseling or mm-hmm. um, you know, oh, you know, she's you know, she had to get a divorce because, you know, her husband did this or that, or because the wife was doing this when she shouldn't have been doing that, mm-hmm. or um, you know, infidelity or whatever it might be, you know. And so you know, those kind of taboo or v- verboten things are not seen a lot. So you can't or you don't want to be the person to be the black sheep. Mm. At least that's what I would think that a lot of people um, uh, are experiencing. And, and I've heard. Mm. Mm-hmm. Not a lot, but I've heard a few people say, Yeah, well, you know, and everyone's so perfect. I don't want to be the one that is the one that's having problems. Everyone seems to have their life together. Yeah, yeah. They have the they have the perfect marriage or they have the perfect children. And and I know there would be, you know, everyone would raise their hands and say, Oh no, we have problems all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh but you know the degree to which they are just coping I don't like I don't like to use that word, but that's what unfortunately people do mm-hmm. or, or they just you know brush it underneath the rug that's uh, what uh, ends up happening. and so others feel disinclined to share or to be honest or to, to say that they struggle with such and such a sin mm-hmm. um, and so you don't have that openness. And that's why people don't come to counseling. They either deal with their hurt and they deal with their pain or they deal with their suffering. Mm. And so other people can't grow and you can't be helpful. Mm. So those are the two things that I I think, at least in in my experience, that uh, it preclude people from wanting to be uh, a front center when it comes to counseling or seeking counseling.
0: I see. So if there's someone that's listening right now, that's, that's been pondering for quite a bit, you know, whether they should seek, uh, whether it's an individual or there's a married couple, um, and they're just kind of curious to know, I guess, what does the average or the typical counseling session kind of look like, you know, um, earlier you were mentioning, um, you know, homework or whatnot, and and I'm not sure if that's what's expected but can you kind of just run through like what the process is like
1: yeah sure so at least in my church you know actually my church our church we counsel those that are in our church and Mm -hmm. and typically we'll always know you but it always begins with a form what we call a pdi a personal data inventory and they would fill out you know specific information as it pertains to their problem and that's helpful for us to kind of get a glance at as to what's going on and then we we will schedule uh usually 6 weeks of counseling that that will be typical for mm. most of our counseling sessions mm-hmm. and we like to meet uh every week or every other week and that's the max that I'd prefer to do that since Um, we are, we are aiming for change and anyone who wants to come for counseling, that's one of the commitments that we, we seek for people is, um, if you're in a rut, you got to have to be, you have to be committed to change. Mm. And because, um, and and to be quite honest and very blunt, if you're not willing to change, don't waste my time. Mm. And, uh, And and that goes for all of the counselors. Mm -hmm. We're all very busy, but we want you to grow in the Lord, but you have to be, you have to be committed to that end. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's the power of the Holy spirit. Don't get me wrong. That, that enables us to change. It enables us to move forward. But for for our part, we have to put in the effort to do that. Mm -hmm. And so that means it's going to take work. And Mm -hmm. in our culture, our Western culture, we're, we are so content with a lot of things and i think working hard at least in this aspect maybe you work hard at work but working hard in the in the spiritual realm uh it, it's not something that we see a lot mm-hmm. and so it it takes an an even extra amount of work for people to be committed to that and to be committed to do that to put in the work to change and what i mean by work is prep work. I call it prep work because people don't like the word homework, but it's just, there's, you have to have, you have to spend time in the word. You have to study it. Um, we'll have you write things out. We'll have you have fill out worksheets. We'll have you commit to some sort of Bible reading thing, um, or a Bible reading pattern or uh, a study in a word. And so those, those behaviors are supposed to be indicative of a healthy lifestyle anyway, mm-hmm. and so the the prep the prep work is only building that idea in in you that hey, in order to get better, what is it what's required? You need to work in the word and mm-hmm. you need to study and you need to have God's word kind of pouring into you because if it's not pouring into you, then something else is. And so what a typical counseling session will be will involve going over past prep work and uh, reviewing the, the what was written, going over the past week and understanding um, anything that might have occurred that pertains to the issue going on, reviewing how one responded, and so seeing exactly how God's word is affecting their life and if they're implementing the changes that are necessary. Mm. And there'll be a There's always going to be teaching, so teaching might come off the homework. Teaching might be something new that will be introduced, mm-hmm. and there will always be, at least in 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 biblical counseling, this that infusion of hope throughout it. So uh, there there there's always an encouragement to look to God's word for hope because God mm-hmm. didn't save us, um, didn't save us for suffering or disaster. He saved us for himself and for his glory and for that not only that future hope but the future hope today that we can live now. And so there's an encouragement to that because knowing that God's in control, he hasn't made a mistake. Uh, he's ever loving and never changing. I think those are foundational things that were that I can I can hold on to myself personally because that's what helped me when I came to faith.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So those are the things that are go, go we go over inside of uh um, a counseling session. It usually lasts between an hour and an hour and a half I see. and uh, it shouldn't go any longer. And, uh, it's not like a, a therapy session. So it's not like <laughs> something that, um, is clinical, yeah, yeah. right. It, it's not clinical. Um, it's not something whereby, uh, uh, I'm at least in my part, I don't fill out a form or I'm not looking for, uh, clinical signals so that I can figure out diagnosis codes mm-hmm. to write down for billing purposes <laughs> or anything of that nature. <laughs> uh-huh. So it's a very personal engagement. Okay. And I, I don't mean, I'm not trying to dump on, um, uh, on psychotherapy and anything like that. But uh, the reason why I say it is because it's, it's a very friendship relationship oriented kind of thing. Okay. And I that's think that's right. what, that's what separates um, the professional from what would be, you know, a, a biblical counselor. The 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 goal is because I'm doing this because I love you, right? And mm-hmm. I want to see you grow and thrive for God's glory and for your growth and faith. And uh, I'll point not to my words. I'll point to what God says, and I'll say, "What do you? What is God saying here?" So that your interaction is with His truth, and then that that's what's changing you. And so over the course of six sessions will point you more and more into the direction of God and have God's truth pour into you. So, and beyond, beyond the first session, which is typically what we do all the data gathering, each session will kind of be the same. And, uh, a critical point of understanding is that this is something that I learned or was taught to me from my professor, Dr. Robert Somerville from the master's college was the, and I think Dr. Street said this as well. Uh, but the counseling session is not magic hour. Mm. Okay? Mm-hmm. It's not the counseling session is not the time for change. And if it is, that you're doing it wrong. Interesting. Huh? Okay, because what that does is it places so much importance on the counseling at that moment in time, then when that stops, then the potential for change and the potential for transformation also stops.
0: Uh, I see.
1: So that's why prep work or homework is so critical in helping uh, the counselee build that pattern of how do, how can they repeat this? How can they establish a pattern in their life, a habit in their life, so that they're growing without me or without the counseling session? But if mm-hmm. I'm the one who's like dumping golden shining wisdom on them every single week... <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. Then what happens when that ends? There's yeah, going to yeah. be a there's going to be a vacuum, and I, I don't want someone depending upon me, mm-hmm. um, because that's not good for me. Because you know it puffs up my pride,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, that's not healthy. That's not good, and that certainly supplants you know God, um, and it, it's it it it's damaging to my own kind of walk and faith. So anyhow that's kind of uh the important thing to, to kind of get forward for the the councils too is, they, is so that those sessions don't become so important that when they're gone they're left alone and, and without resource mm.
0: so just out of curiosity i mean if it so uh, just say after the end of six sessions um is there kind of like a uh Process where you know if they need more than just six that they would just continue on or how does that work out?
1: Yeah, definitely. After six, if if you know, I view that it's just not possible to end in that six. I'll certainly make note of that. I see. And I see. Uh, well, it, it's not a hard and fast rule. What mm. I think what's nice about giving people a time frame is that uh, it builds confidence that this is going to end. And, um, it, uh, um, and it's not that your problems or all your problems are going to be solved by that time, mm-hmm. but it, 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 it gives both the counselor and the counselee an opportunity to see that this is kind of gonna, you know, end. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that's helpful for growth. It's, I think it's helpful to put a cap on what needs to be done too. And there's all, there's always flexibility, like like I said, to go beyond that if necessary, if the, if the issues are are troubling and they haven't been resolved, and particularly if the counselee hasn't been able to kind of stand on their own two feet, if you will. Uh-huh. So if whatever it might be, what if I'm I'm helping someone who's severely depressed, and so at the end of the six weeks, we really haven't achieved uh, a great deal of change or transformation because it's mm-hmm. just slow. It's just slow and uh and that's okay then we'll just extend it out another six weeks i see uh, or or however many kind of block of time is necessary beyond that too so but six is generally a good a good uh kind of window if if nothing else just to stop take a break and what i typically do is i, I have a follow-up in like three months anyway that i book out so that oh, I see. we can see how someone might be um might be doing and if, if they're implementing or if they're, they've regressed or in any way or if they need to kind of re- reconnect again for the, the issues that they were going through.
0: Mm. I see. Is there any kind of like um, kind of resources on top of your head that would be really helpful for someone to further if they want to pursue?
1: Yes. So the, the book that many would point to being very helpful is instruments in redeemer in the redeemer's hand by my by, by paul Tripp. that's an excellent one um i find an even better book um is called uh the pasture and counseling and that's by um by deepak reju hmm. and um and oh i forget what the other person's name was. it's, it's co-author deepak reju is as a co-author mm-hmm that that's my absolute favorite book on counseling and um even though it says the pastor and counseling mm-hmm. i uh, i found it to be uh very approachable even from the the lay perspective to help one put their mind around what is counseling and, and how can can how can we do it better and mm-hmm. um um if someone's interesting just in general about um you know, counseling from the Bible in contrast, you know, to the world out there. Um, the the book that launched the whole movement by Jay Adams is called "Competent to Counsel," mm-hmm. and uh, if you're looking for a little bit longer book, that book is uh, is great, and it kind of just opens your eyes to uh, this idea of biblical counseling in contrast to secular counseling. And so, and the power, the power of the word of God to be able to help people and to, to use absolute truth uh, as a way of of, like a mirror to one's life. But but those, uh, those books are excellent. And there are others as well. um, Mm -hmm. And um, that, that are helpful for us to kind of understand. But I I think um, Heath Lambert even has a, um, a book that reviews the whole counseling movement. I think it's from, um, I think it's called from. From Adams to uh Paulson or something of that nature, I think, um, but it's a history of the biblical counseling movement It's a thin book too mm-hmm. but that's also excellent.
0: Mm. there are also um like conferences right if I'm not mistaken that deals with biblical counseling,
1: yeah, so if you want to have training uh the the there's an association which used to be called um uh, the uh, NANC or the National Association of Neuthetic Counselors or Counseling. Um, they renamed because not many people knew what New Thetic was. Mm-hmm. So they re- they renamed several years ago, go to the what's called ACBC, which mm-hmm. is the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. Um, and they put on an annual conference every year and it bounces around the different areas in the nation. But um Happens to be in 2020, it's going to be at Grace Church uh, in, nice. in Sun Valley in SoCal this year. But they also hold uh what they call regional workshops. And uh, you can actually find them in different areas in the West, um, in the Midwest, and the East Coast, and the North and the South. And they what they're intended to provide are these concentrated regional training sessions for people who are interested in becoming certified. Mm. Or even people who are interested in in growing in their knowledge of what does it mean to counsel, how do I counsel, or how do I think about heavy topics, and so they will give you um, like uh, an in depth experience of what that looks like. So I think it's over the course of a of a of a, of a Friday night, and I think it's an all day Saturday thing, mm. and so it's available at. Um, biblicalcounseling.org, I think, or biblicalcounseling.com. And then you can just look up and there'll be regional conferences there. They may not be necessarily in your area um, uh, for one quarter, but it might come up for the next quarter. Uh, and of course, what we're trying to do at IBC is not provide a pathway yet for, for biblical counseling for certification, but we want to be able to educate our people so that they're aware of biblical counseling and if they're interested how to grow in it and even mm-hmm. to potentially be become one of our counseling kind of pool of people who are there should people need help and we can direct them to them and, and begin counseling with mm-hmm. them too. So that's kind of the ultimate goal. Um, have mm-hmm. least at IBC for that purpose.
0: Oh, it sounds, sounds good. And I, I think you guys are right about to wrap up, right? I think if not,
1: uh, no, right now we're, we're only in class number four. So um, we are um, hoping to have eight months of doing this. So what we're doing is that we're only doing oh, it wow, once I'm a month. Uh-huh. Yeah, so we're only doing it once a month. And uh, we're developing the curriculum on our own. And we've been very blessed to have Lighthouse Bible Churches um, teaching and curriculum, uh, Gary and Nam went through it and mm-hmm. a few others, and they've been very open about, you know, making the materials available. And so we, we've, we've used that as a, as a framework to help guide our own.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I, and, and that we're kind of making forays into that on our, on, on our own. And, you know, I have certain ideas of how I'd like to present biblical counseling and, and what's going to be helpful, most helpful for people to grow and even to become counselors themselves, mm-hmm. and so um, my approach would, might be a little bit different. Um, and so that's kind of how we're we're, mm. we're seeking to, to to make it uh, available for people to see and to understand. And 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 right now what we're doing for an hour and a half. I'm I'm thinking we might have to change it to two hours because there's just <laughs> too much too much to say. Uh-huh. But once a week, once a week for right now, or sorry, once, once a, a month, month right uh-huh. now. is is how we're doing it. Maybe we might change that in the future to be every two weeks. Mm. Um, that way it gets done a little bit sooner and uh, um, it's a little bit fresher. But right now we're, we're developing the, the kind of notes as we go. Gary's been real good with that. And, uh, you know, trying to balance the academic versus the practical, um, and you know, my goal coming out of this is that I, I really just want people to be able to counsel each other and to know that they're counseling people, mm-hmm. and I mean, uh, to be uh, to be thoughtful about when they help people or when they provide advice, mm-hmm. um, uh, because we're we we're doing it whether we know it or not, and mm-hmm. as we make people more aware of that. My hope is that they'll be drawing upon god's truth when they when they do that
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so that uh people will grow not according to my wisdom or their wisdom or something that was really cool or something that was really helpful, but kind of what guide people to what the truth says mm-hmm. and and that's that's kind of the hope at least at this beginning stage and if people are more if some of the people who attended are more interested in becoming counselors, then we'll have advanced classes later on mm-hmm yeah, so we're about uh so this tomorrow is actually going to be the halfway point.
0: Oh I see, and the sessions are at church, correct, okay, and I believe it's in the late evening ish
1: Yes, it's at eight o'clock, and we since we're in North Hills, it's kind of central to a lot of places. It makes it difficult for those coming up from the west side because that's going with traffic, and so it can take a good amount of time, an hour to maybe even an hour and a half to get up there. So for those folks coming from South farther down, I really uh, appreciate their commitment to come. Mm. Uh, but we've been blessed to be at this new facility because it does make something like that easier. And obviously yeah. no, no cost, right. To have mm. a meeting place like that. And we weren't able to do that in our last location. Mm. And so, yeah. So midweek and, uh, um, about eight o'clock at night. So eight o'clock to see. Uh, uh, no, I take it back. We start at seven thirty and we run it to nine. I see. And I think I think it needs to go to nine thirty actually, mm. um, because it's just not enough time. Because I've I've found that I'm I'm rushing, um, when I'm talking I because see. we have uh, that time frame cut commitment. So mm. yeah.
0: Um well speaking of time uh just our time is about to wrap up but uh i'm just wondering um if you have any last minute um words of encouragement to our listeners um yeah anything that's been in your heart that you kind of want to just share
1: um yeah thanks i think i mean the words of scripture are pretty clear about this and about our willingness to bear one another's burdens it says in galatians 6 that we are to do so Mm -hmm. and as believers we need to remember that that's a powerful thing to be i mean the 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 benefits are amazing within the the christian church um of of providing up for help and and the, the world Beyond, they don't have that resource that kind of, I mean, beyond scriptures, but the church is a tremendous resource, both for being close mm-hmm. and for the emotional support that you need. Mm-hmm. I know that there are friends, of course, and people have work friends and, and all that. But beyond that, the, the the united body of Christ is so strong to be able to provide that help. Mm-hmm. But the words of encouragement that I would have for people is that we need to both express our brokenness mm-hmm. um, and our pain in, in, in wise ways, not not in um, unwise ways. And at the same time, um, be able to counsel people how God wants us to counsel. And so how I see that fleshing out is... Um, we either in small groups or discipleship groups or anything of that nature, I, I would just plead, plead with people to be open and honest about sin struggles, mm. um, and, and difficulties we have living this life with all the contentment issues that come in. Yeah. And that, that's, that's everywhere from, you know, struggling with, um, um, with either sexual lust struggling with financial issues, struggling with anger, Mm. um, and and even maybe the deep, dark, heavy issues that we're so afraid to maybe kind of come out with and and let people know about these struggles so that we can provide help, that Mm. the whole united body of Christ can provide help. Um, And at the same time, uh, seeking God's word for that, Answer that we need and and not relying upon just either your phone or entertainment to kind of get you through and and so mm-hmm. uh, my encouragement because I, I really want to see people at least in our church and all the churches to grow in our faith
2: mm-hmm.
1: and to grow stronger in, in that, that kind of um because that I mean, that's what God designed us for was um to live in this kind of unified body so that we can continue to grow and thrive and, and encourage each other in that. Mm-hmm. He didn't leave us on earth just to just to get by yeah, and, and yeah. just to live temporary happy lives and to wonder when the next tragedy is going to happen or, or when things are going to get good and happy. He's allowing us to live here so that we can make choices for Him. Yeah, And how will we do that? Well, we, we do that just by understanding what he has to say and then whatever comes at us then we choose the Lord. That's what that's what we're doing. We're choosing the Lord. And now let's help other people choose the Lord as well. Let's help people in our church help them to choose the Lord mm. and to help them through their issues. So that's my encouragement um uh for even people who might be listening who are struggling with that. Mm. Let's grow in our faith and and I'd like to help you to do that. Can you help me do that as well? Yes. Um and uh, yeah, I think that you know, let's put the stiff arm to Satan because what did Satan, what did Satan say to Job? He's, he, he says that, you know, if God just takes away these good things, then they'll, they'll reject you to to your face. Mm. And that's, that's his constant effort is to prove that God's not enough. Mm. Uh, and he's just not simply enough for us to live happily and to live well and so we need to thwart that and we need to say that God is enough it's not easy but God's enough and God is good and that that's good so
0: there you are uh, Adam thank you so much you thank you so much for uh, joining us and it's even when that we're doing fun. even when we're doing those uh, the video like the four, I think it was like four minute, small, short sections that we were doing, segments that we were doing. It it was always such a tremendous blessing. Yeah. We just thank you so much for um, giving us your time. And um, with that, I mean, that's it for today. Uh, I just want to just thank everyone for listening. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you in the next one. Thanks, guys.